I wonder what you could eat that would make you poop purple. Howdy, hi, and welcome to Fear of a Dork Planet, episode 42, coming at you live from the secret embankment here in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, where where all the magic happens. In fact, magic, these episodes take so much time to craft together that it has been two months since my brilliant and wonderful and beautiful co-pilot, Annie. Oh, yeah, hi. I forgot. It's been so long, I forgot how to do this. You forgot to just come right back into the conversation. Yep. October 6th. I know, Was right? our last date, and then we were like, we should get together for Halloween. And that fell through. And then I became a Halloweenie. Well, I was sick all October, so at least I had an excuse. You did, yeah. Did you do anything for Halloween? Uh, no. I was on vacation for that week, and I mostly stayed home and ate a lot and slept a lot. And no, But you look healthy. Oh, I do now. Yeah. Finally. Color has returned to your, uh, to your extremities and your skin. Well, thank you, I think. You're welcome. Um, I decided this year that I would participate in Halloween. What did you do, I bought candy. Really? And I had turned on the lights in my house, and I was all prepared to hand it out. And nobody came by. And nobody showed up. (laughs) 13 years of being the Grinch who stole Halloween, and I got stuck with uh, tons and tons of M&Ms. Oh, poor you. And, uh, well, I found out, you know what? Somebody was giving me crap, because it turns out that giving Tootsie Roll Pops is like bad juju. Why? Because it can be unwrapped and tampered with. Oh, whatever. Anything can be unwrapped and tampered with, well, including was... me. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but I could inject toxic spores into the M&Ms yeah. very secretly, hush, hush. You know, you'd never know. You never know where the brown ones have come from. Right. All of your food could be tampered with. As you're sitting down to eat right now, think about it. You don't know where any of that stuff came from. How would you tamper with a Tootsie Pop? I mean, you can't inject anything into those I, things. They're hard as rocks. Unwrap them, link, lick it, and then rewrap it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Anyway. Uh, so I got kind of suckered uh, on Thanksgiving there. And I stayed in, and I, I I don't know what I watched, but I feel like I was binge-watching something. What did I say? Thanksgiving. I confuse those two holidays all the time. Yeah, they're very similar. I, I just in my head, it's that transference BDS. It's like, it's holiday dyslexia. Okay. It's a thing. Look it up. No, it isn't. It totally anyway, is. I, I know people who went to med school. <coughs> yeah, me. Oh yeah. <laughs> I binge watched nineteen fifties horror movies all day. Did you? Yeah, all day Halloween. We started with them, and wound up with the the original The Thing. Ooh. Not even the John Carpenter version. Aren't you proud of me? I'm always proud of the depths you will go to to watch horror films. Thank you. So so the whole day, what was your favorite one? What was the one that we were like, <sighs> I'm saving this or I'm going to just sit and totally pay attention to this? No, we just kind of blew through all the old 50s movies. There was some, I'd seen them all before. Well, yeah. Do you have a staple? Do you have like a favorite universal monster or? No, not really. Just depends on the mood I'm in. Yeah. I, I know you're particularly fond of the werewolf and the creatures from the black lagoon yeah yeah the werewolf more really uh, yeah yeah well I'm, i like werewolves i mean we've been down this road a million times yeah any excuse to talk about a werewolf uh so halloween came and went yes it did um 
I ended up buying a goat mask that I never got a chance to wear. Oh, finally. Yeah, I, I finally pulled the trigger on it. That's how long it's been I've seen you, because we went Halloween shopping. Yep, and we also picked up Grey's Ashes that night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, was that before or after I was so horribly sick? I, it was right before I think oh, that you okay. were horribly See, sick. What, that's why we put two months between shows, because Eric is full of germs. I am... Um, my whole house is just one germ factory, yeah. so I don't invite people over typically. I got Lyme disease and sciatica because of you. I don't know where you got Lyme disease, <laughs> I, but I'll claim the sciatica from I don't punching know you I got, behind the knee. Yeah, I don't know where I got Lyme disease either because I never go outside. And you don't eat citrus fruit. That's what? What does that have to do with oh, it? Oh, L-I-M-E. Oh, God. Anyway, on to the show. Um, so, all right. So, is that all of our catching up? Did you, what did you I do guess. with them for, uh, do you know anything exciting for the last... Three weeks of November, four weeks of November. Not really. All right. Okay, so we're done here. I uh, I did a lot of binge watching in November, which is not something that I typically do, but I was trying to mix up my schedule a little bit more and be like, you know, not so rigid with my day-to-day tasks. Mm-hmm. So I ended up binge watching uh, The Punisher. Okay. Which was, I thought it was fascinating. Now is that the new is that a new series or is that a new movie? No, it's uh, the Netflix series. And that's with the guy who was in The Walking Dead. Yep. Okay, yep. got it. And the the idea is that the Punisher has been faking his own death for so long, and he gets trapped in to having to come out of hiding uh, to get some information because there's this tape where Frank Castle, who is the Punisher, uh, anyways he has to protect some friends and he comes out of hiding, and the world just turns upside down. But what I liked about it, more than the Punisher stuff, a lot of people don't like it because it's so talking head. You know, it's just characters on the screen having really intense dialogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's hard to bring life to the Punisher, who is literally a one-dimensional case. He's like Superman. He just shows up. Superman shows up, and he's like, I'm a Boy Scout, and helps everybody. Punisher shows up and kills everybody. But watching that for 8 to 13 episodes would be boring as hell. True. And so they deal with, when he's not on the screen, they deal with the real world um, results of like gun violence or soldiers who come back and find nothing uh, and end up going into private military stuff or end up going suffering from PTSD and digging huge trenches in their backyards and sleeping in there because that's more comfortable to them than their own house. Jesus. Not finding work and just slowly going insane. And so it's really, it made me think a lot because I also saw Thor. Mm -hmm. And Thor is bright and colorful and it's funny. I called it a comedy and somebody got wicked upset with me online. Like, I hardly think it's a comedy. You're allowed to have an opinion that differs. Thor's a surfer, dude. Bruce Banner, who's supposed to be a genius of geniuses, is like, oh, what's going on, everybody? Huh? I'm Bruce Banner. I'm just here. <laughs> sure hope nothing startles me into the Hulk, man. Right? He's like complete stoner. And then <laughs> and then Jeff Goldblum chews up scenery like you would not believe. You mean like he always does? Yeah. <laughs> he, he's just unhinged. So every character in it is laugh is is like is is just making joke after joke after joke. So but why like, isn't it considered a comedy? Ah, because people get upset and protective over superhero crap. But what I was thinking was, you've got this movie like Thor, right, which is bright and colorful, and they basically like kill an entire world, and 
you know, set another world up as total refugees. And people are like, gosh, that's a bummer. You know, people flee Asgard and they're like, shucks. But thank God Thor was here. And that's the extent. Whereas you watch Punisher and somebody gets shot and they're out for three episodes. Or, you know, they're, they're, they're slowly going insane because, you know, they're suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder and, and stuff like that. Where it's like, so the stuff in the Marvel Universe in the Netflix series are, is street level. And it shows how sad and weak and frail and but at the same time how strong humanity can be but all the superhero films are becoming these comedic romps like spider-man and thor are just slapstick comedies and i think it's interesting that that what they're setting up is life is hard to be to be human is really very difficult yes it is and to be a superhero is glamorous and it's one and i i love that division that they're creating well why don't you go back online and tell that guy who had a problem with you, now you think the Punisher is funny, and see what he says about that. <laughs> I can't believe Netflix is launching this comedy about PTSD. It's a um, mile a minute laugh-a-thon. I also watched Future Man. I have no idea what that is. That is a Hulu series uh, about a guy who invents a herpes cure that ends up uh, creating a dystopia and destroying the world. <laughs> <laughs> and these... Freedom fighters come back in time and have been training, have sent back a video game, which a kid has been practicing. He's the only one in the world to ever finish the game. Isn't that the plot of The Last Starfighter? Which he actually says. Really? They're like, we've done this. And he goes, yeah, it's a little Last Starfighter, don't you think? (laughs) I nailed it. So every time, the whole movie is just references to other time travel movies. Mm -hmm. And... People keep calling stuff out. They're like, "Dude, this was totally in the Terminator." <laughs> like, it, you know, the the stuff that allows you to go back in time is called Cameronian, oh, and it was God. founded by James Cameron. So they go to his house, and his AI is basically like a hostage because she's forced to be like the most magnificent and humble James Cameron welcomes <laughs> you to his house. Um, was he actually in it? No, Damn. but they just wreck on him. He has a he has a whole Navi dictionary, and one of the <laughs> characters gets trapped in a room and is forced to memorize Navi. Oh god! And so he's he's laying down, t- falling in love with the AI, and he's on the door from Titanic that Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio couldn't fit on. Yeah, and he's like, I don't know what's going on. This door is so roomy. He's like, this could fit like two or three people. She's like, <laughs> off, you know. Um, Door engineer and mastermind James Cameron <laughs> insists that only one small girl could fit on this door. He's like, this door is huge. It's massive. You know, and the, the AI just goes, oh, I know. Like, it's just like it's an AI that just wants to die rather than be in James Cameron's house. I wonder what, if that's what prompted James Cameron's recent tweet. Oh, no. What was it? About the end of the uh, movie Titanic does make sense. It does too. Oh my God! So I actually didn't read it because I don't care about Titanic. He's he's smacking down a comedy. I don't know for sure. I oh. just I saw it and I was like, do I really care about the ending of Titanic? No, I really I don't care about any of the Titanic. No. <laughs> so I didn't click on it. Well, good for you. So perhaps you restraint. should research that. Okay. Or perhaps you could edit that out. No, I'm leaving that in there because that. Okay. Future Man is a, it's sophomoric, and it's basically written by a 14-year-old with a hard-on, but it's, it's pretty enjoyable nonetheless. Okay. And I, 
I don't know. I was sick for a week, so I enjoyed binging it. While oh, I was you sick. were sick too. What was wrong with you? I had a really bad cold. Oh, everybody's had that. Yeah, it was nasty. I had it too. It sucked. I very rarely get sick enough that I have to, like, lay in bed and be like close to death. But you're a man. Which is typical of men, right? To lay in bed and be close to death if we have like a yeah a blister. Exactly. <laughs> when will it pop? <laughs> Why there is no God? I I don't understand. Yeah. But anyway, I'm um, glad you're feeling better. Well, thank you. So yeah, so I binged those two shows, and I saw Justice League. With the naked Jason Momoa. Yes. Momoa. Which, however the hell you say his name. Which also made the film enjoyable. Even as a relatively straight man, I was like, mm-hmm. I, uh, this is fine by me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that possibly makes you even more hetero. Well, he's a beautiful man. Hell, yes, he is. And yet, is he like eight of, feet tall? Or and something? the founder of Papa John's wins People's Sexiest Man of the Year. What? You didn't see this? No. Why do I care who the Man of the Year is? Uh, nobody typically does until it's Papa John's. It's usually like George Clooney, Brad Pitt, you know, handsome men. I thought you meant Blake Shelton for the Sexiest Man of the Year. Wasn't that who it was? No. Isn't that the Papa John's guy? No, I thought he was a country singer. I have no idea who Blake Shelton is. I thought that was the Papa John's guy. I don't guy. know. Maybe it is. Oh, man. Anyway, he wasn't sexy as Jason Molina. Nobody's as sexy as him. Jason who? What's his last name? Aquaman? Uh, Dothraki something. Yes. Yeah. Jason Dothraki. Him. Funny that his name is the same name as the race from from Gamus of Thrones. Yeah. I think that's about it for me. What else did what did you binge? I binge watched Stranger Things too, finally. Ooh. And I have seen every episode now except for the last one. So you did watch I have seen every episode except for that one and the last one. So what was your take on Stranger Things two as a whole, not including those two episodes? I enjoyed the hell out of it. Really? Yes. I thought it wrapped things up from season one nicely, uh-huh. and I thought it left a lot still open for season three, like they're not telling us what the backstory with uh, Billy and Max is. All right, so we'll talk about Billy in a second. Uh, yeah, I have some things I want to say about him. What was, in your mind, the strength of season two? Hmm... I know you want to comment on it, so why don't you go first while I gather my thoughts? Well, I was going to say uh, the guy, um, the Hobbit. What's his name? Oh, yeah, Sean uh, Sean Astin. Astin. Uh, I really was expecting him. There's going to be spoilers here, folks. Wait 10 seconds. thought that he was going to be creepy or bad or evil. Yeah, so did I. And I'm kind of mad... I think I would have been mad if they had made him that way, but I'm also mad that they didn't make him that way. But I'm very confused by my feelings toward his character. But maybe season three will have some reveals. He gets regurgitated. He might. Blech. Aren't they suggesting at this point that Matthew Modine's character isn't really dead? Uh, that is true. Yes. Which I'm very disappointed about. I know. Enough said. <laughs> yeah. Our continuing war with Matthew Modine. <laughs> I still hate you. Anyway. Enough said. <laughs> he, um, yeah, I, I, and I liked the controversial missing episode, the punk rock episode, 
and not because it was punk, but because I posit that she actually went through some kind of time warp because all of the allusions and the references and the stuff painted on the walls in mm-hmm. that episode are all from a Grant Morrison series called The Invisibles, which takes place in 1994 about a bunch of people who know the secrets to how the world works and can travel in time through people's dreams. Hmm. So I'm wondering if Eleven was like knocked unconscious or if was in a dream fugue or something along those lines, had this experience in the future. Maybe. With eight. See, I wouldn't have caught that. And it was it was funny because I just started reading it. Um, I'm not... I've always wanted to try hallucinogenics. I've always thought that that would be just an amazing thing. I've always been really captivated by them, but I'm scared to death. Yeah. Like, of all the horror stories, he turned into Superman and jumped out a window, and he had flashbacks a million years later. And Believe they... me, you don't want to try hallucinogenics. So, I, but I don't know, but there's a romantic, romanticization to them. So I read a lot of things that are psychedelic. To try to feel like, what would this be like? And The Invisibles is one of those things. So I'm watching it, and I'm like, look at all this really vivid, look at all this really vivid uh, graffiti in the background. None of it's fog, like none of it's soft like, focus. What does some of focus. it say that's 1994-ish? Um, they're all, like one of them says King Mob. Now King Mob was a British thing from the 1960s a revolution handbook that came out Mm -hmm. um but it's the name of the character from the invisibles okay so once i saw that and there's a picture of it the way it's drawn on the window is exactly from the tv show stranger thing i mean exactly from the comic it's Hmm. taken right from it and then there's a word which isn't coming to my mind right now because i didn't take any notes for this episode that is like in the first four pages of the Invisibles comic. Uh, And then there's a couple of other things that get mentioned that tie it in. Also, her name is Kali, and there's that huge painting of Kali in the background eating, and it's it's the actual, it's a spray-painted version of the actual tapestry of Kali. Wow. So it's really, what I liked about that episode, yeah, it was ham-fisted really bad. Like, it's not a great episode. But as far as doing what season one did, it's amazing. My downfall with Stranger Things 2 is that it kept nudging the audience and kept saying, now we're showing you trucks, or now we're showing you Ghostbusters, or now we're showing you this. And I feel like it was, the first series was made for kids who grew up in the 80s. And when they showed you shit, you went, oh my God, I love that. This was like the annotated version. (laughs) I felt like every time there was an 80s reference, they had to stop, turn to the audience and say, because it was popular in the 80s. There were a couple of things in there that I thought were subtle enough so as not to be obvious. Like um, when they were investigating the rotting pumpkin patch oh, yeah? and the farmer was complaining, you know, it's not just me, it's the, my neighbors. And he mentions, too, the Freelings and the Nearies. The Freelings are from Poltergeist. The Neary's are Close Encounters of the Third Kind. So See, that was just subtle enough where I laughed, but probably anybody else who would have been in the room with me if I actually, you know, watched had friends, yeah. <laughs> would it be like, what's so funny, you know? See, that's, and that's, 
yes, that is exactly the stuff that made season one so great. Was that you spent you spent the you watched the episode and then you spent the rest of the episode with your laptop googling every <laughs> word from the script. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so I I really liked the problem episode, but I also loved eight. I thought that she was pretty cool. Boom. I really thought that that was going to be like the tagline for the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, her her compatriots were garbage. They were really poorly acted. I felt. Not um, having seen any of them, I wouldn't know yet. Do me a favor and, and I'll at watch least it. Watch it, knowing that there's more depth to it than is provided. But it was completely unnecessary, which is why I kind of believe that they're going to build this ability for her to use the upside down to transport herself to different times Either or that, places. or it's going to be a launch pad for a new series, which is either going to be a spinoff of Stranger Things, or it's going to be The Invisibles. That would be amazing. See, I, I, I didn't read that far into The Invisibles, but I've just recently started to go back into it. Maybe you should Google it and see if Netflix has optioned it. Yeah, I'll, I'll not write the second, but yeah. Definitely. No, not the second. We're busy. Um, so what was your, what was your week... What did you not like about Stranger Things 2? There wasn't anything I really didn't like about it. Um, I had a problem with... uh, As much as I like the relationship between Hopper and Eleven, I had a problem with its existence. I mean, why did he have to have a daughter who died originally? Why couldn't he have just taken her in out of the goodness of his own heart? Well, that was a plant from season one. Right, right? yeah, I That's what I made get him it. such a burnout. It's why he didn't have a wife. It's why he was the it cop who had given up. It just seemed too pat, you know. That part just bugged me. And wasn't that supposed to be just like a vacation cabin? Yeah, it wasn't set or structured for long-time living. So why is he living there now, and why has no one noticed? I mean, didn't he have an apartment in town or something? Y- yeah, I mean, that was a huge <laughs> unresolved plot issue. yeah. And I like the relationship, and I like the way that she's starting to grow up and be a teenager. That scene where she screams and breaks all the windows. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I can relate to that. That's how <laughs> I was when I was 13 or 14. You know, she's being a typical teenager. But I like the way he acts with her. Yep. You know, putting down ground rules, and you're grounded. And it's like, you're going to ground someone who can kill you by looking at you? But but she respects that. Like, yeah. It's, it's also honing her powers. Mm-hmm. But I'm still not sure... Is Kali actually her sister or just a test subject? Well, they're all... I I don't know. My guess would be that however many... Let's say just there's a dozen of them. That all 12, or at least all up to 11, are children whose mothers went through the same stuff. MK Ultra experimentation. Yeah, right. But I wouldn't think that they'd be like, blood related but they never say who Levin's no I don't, I don't think is. they're blood related I okay. think you know if that if this was going to be my take on it right if I was going to go with it one of the reasons that eight is Indian is because they were going with different ethnicities to see which ones would work like which ones were more maybe susceptible okay to it right and eight you know eight seems to be smarter than 11 or at least a little bit more clued in and but so she's also a little older right but one can imagine she would have started out as a baby right from earlier experiments but we don't know at what age she got away so she's had longer to be on the street and become kind of streetwise and you know right. 
but she's ultimately way more powerful i think uh you know i think that what <laughs> they got what they wanted out of 11 because she can go inside right she can go into the upside down she can make people bleed out and their heads explode from the inside whereas eight is all explosive whereas 11 is implosive yeah that makes sense because Kali doesn't actually do anything. She just makes it seem like it is. That's mm-hmm. her power as illusory, right? Um, well, I think she makes the, the... the She actually blows up the bridge, right? At the no, beginning. she didn't. She just made it look like it oh, exploded okay. to the one cop. That's why the cops are like, what did you stop for? And he, they show the bridge intact. Oh, I must have blinked. I, I missed that. Um, yeah, so she is very outward whereas and i like that even that that split between the two of them mm-hmm. but kali is the goddess of destruction right yeah. she's the goddess of death or, yeah and i i love in my mind she's chosen that name for herself yeah kali's always been one of my favorite goddesses because you just don't yeah with her. <laughs> yeah um the only other thing i had a problem with was Oh my god, which character is it that got the baby Demogorgon? Oh, uh, Dustin? Is that Dustin? I thought the other one was Dustin. Dustin's the one who was missing the two teeth and kept going... Yeah, I I was like, okay, well, how did that thing... I understand that Will spit it out, you know, at the end of season one, but it's a year later. Why is it still so small, and how did it get into his garbage can? tracking it's a tracking slug um i don't again (laughs) huge plot holes i mean there are some huge yeah so is this the only one blah 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 it's the only one we saw him spit up right and who knows how long they stay in this one form maybe there has to be a specific series of events that occur to create you know you know what like is it um what animal is it that can hold some kind of shark can hold sperm for like four months until the conditions are right. Ew. Yeah, I think it's a shark that can do that. It's some animal that can hold its sperm for four months, and then when the conditions are right, it then Ugh. allows it to get to the egg. So perhaps this is that same kind of thing. It needs colder climate, or it needs a more wet climate. Okay. And that comes in with Halloween. Sure, why not? So, yeah, sounds all right. I didn't like Max's abusive family. I didn't see a point for that. I guess they're setting it up for season three. You know? Her brother's gay. Yeah, definitely. I mean... I figured that out. Yeah. I did that all by myself. (laughs) That and he can't stop looking at everybody in the shower and he's... I know. That was totally homoerotic there. (laughs) I would have rather they done like an 80s, he hates him, you know, like he's going through this thing and he's too manly and macho to admit that he's gay. And that's where that self-loathing comes from. I don't think we needed an abusive dad and Max's mom. I just didn't... It seemed too forced. It was like you're just you're watching your brand new husband beat the crap out of his son. And you're like, okay, I'll go make dinner. Yeah, well, it was the early 80s. So, you know, it still hadn't... Uh, women's lib hadn't really been invented yet, you know? <laughs> right out of the 60s. or Third wave feminism <laughs> Um, yeah, I didn't... No, I didn't like that either, but I also thought if his... That's his dad, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, his dad just calling him a, f- yeah. you know, a faggot. I hate saying that word. I'm sorry. 
But that's what he said. His dad calling him a faggot. I mean, that would put both the fear of coming out into him. Yeah. But would also account for the... There was no self-loathing, though. You're right. But it was kind of... Going back to American Beauty, it was that whole thing again. That's exactly what I was just thinking that about. Was it, it, that's what it strongly reminded me of at the time. I was like, this is like that scene where, what the hell the was that guy's dad name? Yeah, the soldier over. dad and with his Nazi plate, you know. Yeah. yeah. It was very much, uh, I don't know, I, I just found it to be not uncomfortable, just problematic. At no point was I like oh no, what's going to happen? Or, oh no, I feel really uncomfortable with what's happening on the screen. I was just kind of like, this doesn't belong here. It's not the right vibe. Why do you think they moved? Max says it was his fault. He says it was Max's fault. Maybe she saw him kissing a guy and told. I was hoping that Max was either going to end up as something or that her dad was like the new Matthew Modine character. And that's why they moved and uploaded. You know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. uh, to have this such an adversarial relationship between the two of them, where he's actually trying to kill her, and then he's trying to murder her friends, and then he—he he reads like an early Stephen King bad guy, yeah, like Christine, where you're just like Buddy Repperton. He gives the douche. He's not. Yeah. There's nothing threatening. There's nothing likable about him. There's nothing you can identify with. Yeah. He's the older brother in Stand By Me is what he is. <laughs> you know, he's just an asshole because he's an asshole. Yeah. You didn't need you didn't need to legitimize him being a dick through the abusive father. I guess we're supposed to like him now, but it's going to take a lot. No, I don't think we're supposed to like him at all. Uh, there's some, <laughs> I read somebody's rumor the other day that he's going to hook up with Steve in season three. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> uh, four squirts of Farrah Fawcett. Oh damn! Yeah, I liked, I liked Steve in this season. I thought he was pretty good, um, as having fallen from social grace. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty solid. I'm glad that Nancy finally hooked up with Jonathan. Yeah, and I did like the episode where they went to that conspiracy theorist's place. Yes, I liked him. I hope he comes back at some point. He bordered too much on kind of creepy. Like, I kept expecting something dark to happen. What, like he was going to molest them or something? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> this guy's being a little bit too much like, well, you two should sleep in the same bed. Ugh. Yeah, and I was like, no one's no one's that into that. <laughs> like, no one healthy is, is pushes their guests to have sex in the guest room. Oh, I just chalked it up to as being socially awkward. Okay, I, I can see that too. But, um... What the hell else was I going to say? Damn it, I had a thought and it just flew right back out of my head again. That's okay. We can move on to uh, an upcoming Netflix series. All right, then. Starring America's favorite Will Smith. That's a series? I thought it was a movie. No, it's going to be a series. Oh. Oh, yeah, it's called Bright. Bright. And it looks like Alien Nation. Yeah. Except instead of aliens, there's orcs. I don't know what the hell that thing is supposed to be. I think he's supposed to be an orc, like ORC, like Lord of the Rings kind of stuff. I know what an orc is, but I thought he was an alien. Shut the fuck up. (gasps) (laughs) He looked like a vampire from The Strain. I mean, even his voice, it had that... Yeah, but he was outside in the sunlight. I'm aware of this. Unless maybe that's why he was dark, is because he was constantly burning. But however... And this ties back to Sean Astin, because Sean Astin was in The Strain, and also got killed in that show... 
You are dangerously close to poking my eye out with a I pen. I am a conspiracy theorist right now. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you put my eye out. I like my eye. <sighs> anyway, you have another one. It's not like you're going to... Yeah, that's true. And I get a cool <laughs> eye patch out of the deal. Or a glass one that I can, like... If I had a glass eye, I would purposely set it in my face so that it was just a little off-kilter so people never knew where I was looking. And then you'd start a group called Men at Work. Ooh, did the lead singer of Men at Work have a fake eye? No, he just had a wall eye. Oh. You never noticed that? I never gazed into his eyes. Neither did I, I but it was blatantly out of obvious. Okay, how about Tom York? To me, to he always kind of looked like uh, Ray Davies from the Kinks. No, he did not. The lead singer of Men at Work? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In my mind, at least. This is getting weird. So anyway, Bright. So, yeah. It looks stupid. It looks terrible. It really looks bad. Okay, we we dealt with that. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Next. Um, what's this note you have here? Stephen McCaddy? Oh, yeah, because, no, just because that thing who's supposedly playing the orc alien yeah. looks like Stephen McCaddy from The Strain. Oh, okay. That's it. I thought that said Stephen McHotty, and I was like, are you talking about ER? Was it odd? What, what had Dr. McHotty or Dr. McSteamy? How the hell would I know? That was one of those shows. I don't know. No, I, I could call him Stephen McHotty, because... He's cool as hell. Okay. Go for did it. Did you ever watch Pontypool? You never did. No. Do you know I I, I went home. I give you one assignment. I know. Ages ago. I went home and I pulled it up on my Amazon queue. And then I got distracted by Blade of the Immortal. <laughs> have you seen that? No. Oh, have you ever heard of it? No. It's a Japanese manga. Of course it is. About, uh, his name is, I think it's Shinji. And he's, he's like a, he's a pretty good swordsman. Isn't he's that not what your amazing. car says every time I open the door? <laughs> yes, because of my Korean Bluetooth. He, but he's been infected with these worms that make him immortal. So you chop off an arm and the worms will, if you hold the arm next to the wound, the worms will gravitate toward each other and pull the stuff back. That's the same plot as the strain. There's like these blood worms. See, it all goes back. Right? Anyway. So he has to, he's made a, a promise to himself that he has, he's killed all these terrible human people in his life, right? But he now has to kill a hundred evil men to make up for all the people that he's killed. This is like his self-proclaimed thing. And it's there's like a cleansing a, diet for assassins exactly okay, i got it this girl i think her name is rue um hires him because these evil men have killed her parents who run like a ninja training school is this the one where she gives him a book no anyway um but they the two of them team up okay and then basically go across japan looking for the ido rue who are this this group that killed her family and trying to kill them. But as the story goes on, it gets more and more complex, and people aren't as evil as they may seem, and characters grow, and they're being hunted by a guy who is, like, the most... He makes Hannibal Lecter look like Dr. Seuss. <laughs> and he is just sick. He's... He, he, any creature in Rob Zombie films is gentle compared to this guy. At one point, he gets his arm cut off, and he takes the bone and he sharpens each bone of the wrist into two points and that becomes one of his weapons um and he's just a monster 
And so he's figured out that he can basically cut this guy apart as many times as he wants and it'll just glue back together. So there's this like whole big, like five different groups of people chasing each other around Japan. But the movie is by Beat Takahashi. And so oh. it's like his one millionth film or something like that. Uh, so he's I got distracted. No, I think he just produces or directs it. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't even know he directed. I just thought he was a movie star. Yeah. It's good. It's it's pretty solid. Um So who plays the sick doctor? Matthew Modine? <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. No. Uh so I did not see Pontypool because I got distracted by this movie who I've seen like I, I have most of the graphic novels, right? I have like most of the collection. Two of them. One of them is uh, on sale for a hundred dollars, and the other Jesus. one's on sale for two hundred dollars. I have no idea why, because it's the next book in the damn series, and I don't know what happens in it. That I, it's now a two hundred dollar volume. I'm not gonna getting you those for Christmas. No, right? God, no. I I wouldn't recommend anybody get me that. You'll be lucky if I get you socks this year. You'll be. Uh, I'll get nothing. I like it. That's okay. Uh, I saw the mountain goats again. Again. I'm going to see Morrissey in two weeks. I'm sorry. I'm not. I like the music of Morrissey. That's fine. You can like his music. You just can't like him because he's a bastard. No, he's a he's a he's a horrible, horrible human being. Human being. Yes. I, I just recently read his biography, um, and I read two books by him. I read his bi- autobiography, which the first third is beautiful prose. It is gorgeous. The second third is let me slow down time to an immeasurably slow beat. <laughs> And tell you all about the Smith's court case in painstaking detail. But I'm going to make myself the victim of everything. Oh, of course. And so every step is just like, and then they were against me. And I didn't know what to do. And my lawyers fought hard, but they were not very good. And the other lawyers were just horrible humans who went for my jugular. Before I forget, I was just on an MST marathon. Did you ever see the episode where Mike Nelson plays Morrissey? Yes. Okay, I just checking. I, I don't remember it very well, but I'm going to have to go back and The Mads invent Morrissey in a box. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm feeling very depressed today. Yeah. It's, so I wrote a song. It's... His music is, is very theatrical, and it's wonderful. And the way I've always escaped it is, one, I've been a Smiths fan since I was a little kid. Um, and two, I don't like show tunes. I freaking hate musicals. So I'm allowed, like where everyone else is like, oh, I have this one music. I love Hamilton, right? Fuck Hamilton. Uh, (laughs) I'm taking all of that and putting that into Morrissey. I'm doubling down. Okay. But there's lots of people. Like, I love the Misfits. But Glenn Danzig is a horrible human being. And I like, you know... I mean, there's lots of performers who are terrible people. Yes. And directors. And I think I've met most of them. You know. So I, I think that there has to be a little bit of... I never want to meet a famous person again. Yeah, I know. You've told us about the Steve long hair. Yeah, Wilson. Wilson. Douchebag. Wilson! Anyway. Yes. But I think there has to be... Uh, uh, you have to be able to split. Like, we can't... These aren't people... These aren't heroes. <laughs> these are human beings. And human beings are messy. I can't think of anybody I like at present who is an exposed douchebag. So I guess I'm just a better person than you are. Most likely. I like it better when we were talking about this at dinner and you were a little nicer about it. But yeah, I uh, <laughs> I find that, that, I don't know. I Yes, I agree with you that 
I mean, my the people who I love, like really double down on loving, are like, you know, Joe Strummer. You know, I I fanatical about him or John Darnielle from the Mountain Goats, who seem to be genuinely really stand up great guys. Mm-hmm. Kathleen Hanna, you know, people like, well, like you look at their Beastie Boys early career, they were grade A bro douchebags. Oh yeah, you know, I mean. But they changed. Rolling across the country, smoking <laughs> weed and giving STDs. Or, uh, <laughs> and I, and I, I think, don't remember those being the lyrics to Paul Revere. <laughs> I, I agree that, that people can change. But I've never, see, I, Morrissey's politics have never bothered me because I've never agreed with him from the start. So, like, he was like, you know, don't eat meat. Give me a freaking otter. I will bash its head in. <laughs> And savor every okay, bite. Okay, well, at least you thing. knew what you were getting into. Right. I, I look like, I mean, one of the things that I can't wait for for cloning is the ability to, to eat a baby harp seal. You know, to be like. I hate you. Can you clone this, you know, like what, what kind of other animals would I would really like? Can you clone this dolphin, you know, and then just carve right into a Thanksgiving dolphin? You could really revolutionize Thanksgiving. Is the show over yet? Uh, no, we have to fill eight more minutes. <laughs> oh, God. I want you out of my house on minute nine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Like, you wouldn't eat a human being if it was a clone? It depends on the human being. Right. I would totally try human flesh if it was a clone, yeah. What if I cloned, if I made a Hitler souffle? Or I'm Hitler German. Roast? That's cannibalism. It's cannibalism anyway because it's a human. <laughs> Well, no, because it's a clone. So no, it's because not Germans human. are better than everybody else. <laughs> they taste better than everybody else. <laughs> Is guten. Oh, God. Okay, Colonel Clink. Uh, I can't think of anybody I'd actually want to eat because... Well, I don't think I'd... Like, I wouldn't choose a celebrity to eat them. I'm saying if cloning worked... But one of the benefits of cloning is the ability to make meat. Well, this now reminds me of another movie you need to see. In. Have you seen Antiviral? No. It is by David Cronenberg's son. What the hell was that? Larry Cronenberg? It was a... Brandon, I think. Okay. But anyway, it's his debut directorial film called Antiviral, and it takes place in the not-too-distant future. Next Sunday, AD? Exactly. How did you know? Smart guy. Where celebrity worship has gone so far out of control that they are actually cloning meat from living celebrities that you can have as sandwich meat so you can eat your most beloved celebrity every day and they also inject you with your celebrity's diseases that's tremendous yeah it's disgusting you should watch it why why you know i don't like disgusting movies though yeah but it's good you like cronenberg don't you what's a cronenberg film I want you out of my house at eight and a half minutes then. <laughs> Videodrome. Okay, yeah, I've seen Videodrome. Featuring another douchebag, James Woods. Mm-hmm. Um, the Fly. Oh, the remake with Jeff Goldblum? Yeah. That was terrible. Yeah, it was, but still. I'm, you didn't ask me to name a good movie. You just oh, okay. asked me what a Cronenberg movie was. He did uh, The Dead Zone. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've seen The Dead Zone. Okay, that was well, terrible. this is his son, so... Okay. I don't even know why we're having this conversation. So you're saying the genetic, genetically modified apple has not fallen far from the tree? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. All right. So I, I have to see... Pontypool. Pontypool and antiviral. Antiviral. And I want everybody who follows us on Facebook to remind Eric of this over the next There's couple There's only one weeks. person who follows us on Facebook. We have 125 followers, thank you very much. Nobody ever comments. 
That's because I haven't posted anything since October the 6th. You haven't. Why not? Because I've been sick, jerk. You, you wheel your way over to the computer there and... God, you are just the heart of compassion. I, uh, I'm not. <laughs> Trying to think of anything else that we should cover before we bombinos. All right, so, um, in hindsight, you have some season two of Stranger Things to finish. Yes. And you have two I movies have to watch. Pontopo, Pontypool, and... In- Antipool. Antipool and Pontivirus. And Pontiviral. That, that does not that sound like something bad, no. I want to be exposed to. No, but I'm going to put those trailers on your page. That is totally, totally fine. You go and do that. Okay, then. And I think that's about it. I've got some exciting stuff coming up. I've got Morrissey. I've got uh, the Star Wars-y film that's happening. I've got that. I'm going to see that. I've got absolutely nothing coming up, so I'm depending on you to fill in the holes. Sure. All right. Can do, will do. Awesome. All right. What are we going out with? I'll be your own personal. Well, no, I picked personal Jesus. You picked uh, people are people, so pick something in the middle. People are Jesus? Jesus or is personal people. people? Pick something else from Depeche Mode. Why? I don't know. Do whatever you want. Personal Jesus. Out. Reach out, touch face.